This video was brought to you by Brilliant. Today, Julian Assange appeals extradition to the US, Pakistan forms a government, and Lockbit is shut down. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday the 21st of February 2024. At London's Royal Courts of Justice today, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange made his final UK legal attempt to avoid extradition to the US in what's probably the most famous battle between press freedom and national security in the world. Assange, an Australian citizen, is facing espionage charges in the States relating to the publication of a series of documents in 2011 that revealed classified information about the Afghanistan and Iraq wars. This was the second and final day of the court hearing, which saw lawyers for the US argue against Assange's appeal to a 2021 ruling by the UK High Court in favour of extradition. On Tuesday, Assange's lawyers argued that WikiLeaks exposed criminality on the part of the US government on an unprecedented scale, including torture, rendition, extrajudicial killings and war crimes. The court also heard that Assange's legal team has evidence of a CIA plot from Donald Trump's presidency to kidnap or even assassinate him while he was in hiding at the Ecuadorian embassy. In its written arguments, the US claimed Assange's defense consistently and repeatedly misrepresented the case, and that Assange had unlawfully obtained the documents, which disclosed the unredacted names of government sources, putting those individuals at grave risk of harm. It also argued that publishing the information threatened damage to the strategic and national security interests of the United States. The case has gained huge international recognition, and protests against Assange's extradition have taken place this week in Paris, Rome, Vienna, Brussels and London. Last week, Australia's parliament also voted overwhelmingly to support Assange's return home to his family, with Prime Minister Antony Albanese saying, this thing cannot go on and on indefinitely. So what might happen next? Well, when the verdict is announced, there are two main possibilities. Firstly, if the High Court rules in favour of a full appeal hearing, this would allow Assange's arguments to be examined in more depth before a decision is made. Conversely, if the judges deny permission for a full appeal hearing, all challenges in the UK courts will have been exhausted, and Assange could be extradited to face trial in the US in as little as a few days. However, there is one extra possibility if the bid is unsuccessful, which would be for Assange to apply to the European Court of Human Rights. If the ECHR decides to intervene, this would be his only remaining chance of avoiding extradition. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Following weeks of campaigning and days of intense negotiations, Pakistan has finally formed a government. While it may come as a relief for some, as the nuclear-armed nation grapples with an economic crisis and surges of violence by armed groups, it's still a controversial formation. Today, two of Pakistan's leading parties, the Pakistan People's Party, PPP, with 55 seats, and the Pakistan Muslims League Nawaz, with 79 seats, have come together to form a majority and a government. The election, however, has been marred by controversy, with Pakistan's military accused of undermining Imran Khan's PTI party, jailing its leaders and forcing candidates to run independently. Cell phone networks were suspended, exit polls banned, and PTI agents allegedly barred from polling stations on election day. As such, the credibility of the election results has been seriously questioned, with a senior bureaucrat even admitting to election rigging. PTI candidates who were forced to run as independents, but aligned with Khan, actually won the most seats on election day with 93, but they didn't have the numbers or the political party that would enable them to govern. So, in response to the new coalition, the PTI branded the coalition as Mandate Thieves on X yesterday. 
The drama isn't over yet, though, as next Thursday there will be a vote to decide who will be Pakistan's next prime minister. It's been announced this morning that the Lockbit website and the wider operation has been seized by a group of law enforcement agencies, which includes the National Crime Agency, NCA, of the UK, the FBI and Europol. Lockbit is a cyber criminal group which sells software known as ransomware, which allows users to capture and encrypt data from a victim. The victim is then told to pay a ransom, and if they refuse, the group has been known to threaten to release the data publicly. Between just January 2020 and May 2023, Lockbit was responsible for about 1,700 ransomware attacks, resulting in a total $91 million paid to hackers. This morning, though, the UK's NCA announced that the entire command and control apparatus for the ransomware group was now in the possession of law enforcement. This includes the public-facing website, the infrastructure that makes it work, and the primary administration environment. Four individuals have already been arrested, one from Poland, one from Ukraine, and two from the United States. Additionally, authorities have confirmed that they plan to repurpose the technology they've seized in order to expose the group's operations to the world. Moving to the UK now, where the results from the latest Trident nuclear submarine test has been made public. The test launch was carried out off the east coast of Florida on the 30th of January, and as part of this, an unarmed Trident II missile was fired from HMS Vanguard. The Ministry of Defence confirmed that an anomaly had occurred in the test, leading it to fail. Using highly technical language, a source suggested that the missile left the submarine, but it went plop right next to them. The Ministry of Defence was keen to express that Britain's nuclear deterrent remained safe, secure and effective, and that the failure of this was specific, and therefore there are no implications for the reliability of the wider Trident missile systems and stockpiles. This is the second failure in a row, with the last failure occurring in 2016 as a result of a problem with the data acquisition system. But what makes this situation all the more embarrassing is the fact that Defence Secretary Grant Shapps was on board the vessel at the time of launch. This comes only a month after Mr Shapps explained that the UK was in a pre-war phase. Finally today, we end with an interview with Valdis Dombrovskis, the EU's Trade Commissioner. Later today at the conference, you're speaking on a panel which discusses building a comprehensive recovery plan for Ukraine. And I'm curious what you think about the EU's role in that regard when it comes to rebuilding Ukraine and assisting Ukraine from a trade perspective. Well, uh, from the EU side, we are willing to play a leading role. Mm -hmm. We are already the uh, largest donor to uh, Ukraine. Uh, just recently, we reached agreement on a 50 billion euros Ukraine facility now for a, a nearest uh, four uh, years. Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, obviously it's important uh, to have support also from uh, other uh, international donors and uh, first and foremost uh, US. Uh, so uh, clearly we uh, continue our engagement also with US counterparts to, mm -hmm. uh, to remind of urgency and importance of actually reaching agreement on the US uh, uh, support, but also with other players, with uh, G7 uh, 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 countries and so on. So, uh, and uh, we have set up the uh, uh, multi-donor coordination platform for mm -hmm. Ukraine uh, uh, recovery, which is exactly there to coordinate uh, work on uh, uh, different uh, donors, EU, uh, uh, G7, uh, international financial institutions and uh, uh, other countries which are contributed, uh, providing substantial uh, contributions. So uh, uh, so this, uh, this work right now is uh, ongoing mm -hmm. as regards our Ukraine facility.
facility, uh, it has now both components. It has a component to finance Ukraine's uh, immediate needs, uh, because there is a large financing gap which we need to uh, close for mm -hmm. Ukraine uh, this year. Uh, according to IMF estimates, it's uh, about $41 billion. Uh, and uh, also uh, start working on the reconstruction. If you want to watch this full interview or any of our others from MSC, then the link is in the description below. A lot of stuff in our videos can often seem pretty complicated, especially when we dive deep into detailed data and economics. But there's a fun and easy way for you to learn more about these topics, which doesn't cost thousands of dollars a year or take years of studying. That's because Brilliant is the best way to learn maths, data science and computer science interactively. And the fun thing is that it doesn't take long to learn either. These complex topics are broken down into small and accessible chunks, designed around your busy schedule, whatever your skill level. That means that if you spend just a few minutes a day, you can gain new knowledge over time in an actually fun way. As time goes on, you'll get used to that feeling of learning too, because it isn't just about sitting down and reading. Brilliant teaches you by doing, using active learning to teach you the principles of otherwise quite complex topics, and ensuring that you understand what's actually going on. So whether you want to brush up on your basic math skills, improve your employment prospects by learning about future technology, or just have fun coding, then you can check out everything that Brilliant has to offer for free for 30 days by clicking the link below. Plus, the first 200 people to sign up will get 20% off Brilliant's premium annual subscription. Thank you so much for your support.